Okay, Boker Tov. We are starting a new uh, Safer this morning and a new series because there was a request that Friday should have a different topic than the other days of the week. Although we started talking about Elul last week. So that's become the topic for Monday through Thursday. So now, Professor Shashem, every Friday, we will be learning the Safer. It's a very small safer, but a very rich safer. It's called Sha'arim Batavila, Gates of Prayer. And this safer was written by the uh, the great Tzadik um, who um, tragically died at a younger age than we would have wanted to see, Rav Shimshin Pincus. Shimshin Pincus was a big, big Tzadik was uh, born in North America, but then moved to Eretz Yisrael as a young man, and he was the chief rabbi of Ofakim in Eretz Yisrael. He was a very prolific uh, rabbi, did a lot for Kiruv, Limud Torah, and uh, he uh, was an, did a lot for the Arachim organization. An incredible uh, Jewish leader who unfortunately died tragically in an automobile accident in his early 60s. Him and his wife, uh, right before Pesach. One of these, uh, one of these uh, uh, tragic events that only Hashem can understand. In Israel? In Israel. On the way back home to Afakim, it was uh, two days before Pesach. Um, anyway, so they're at posthumously Many Sfarim were written based on the lectures that he gave. And uh, well, many, many Sfarim put out, and also in English. But there's one that he himself wrote himself in his life. It's one that he spent many years working on and perfecting, and that was called Sha'arim Batafila, Gates of Prayer. And since in the month of Elul, there's three things we should be working on, as it says in the Sanatoka, Uchuva, Utfila, Utsadaka, Mavirinas, Roa, So therefore, we're talking about Chuva during the week with the um, with the Sefer Bayam Darkecha. So therefore, Tfila would be now a good topic for us to learn throughout the year on Friday mornings. And when we do finish his Sefer, he has another Sefer on the different aspects, the different parts of the Tefillah. And we also have a Sefer of Das Hasviros on Tefillah. So we're going to be spending a lot of time on Tefillah. So uh, we're going to start with the uh, first beginning, which is called Pirkei Psicha, opening chapters, which means it's like an introduction to the book. And uh, let's just get into it. And if you have the, I don't know how many versions of the Sefer, if you have the Sefer, it's on page Ches. And the first chapter is, he says, that the foundation for success and the pillar of Avoda to Hashem is to know that prayer is one of the foundations that the entire world sits on. Just like the learning of Torah is a foundation that the whole world sits on. As we know, the world was created for Torah, Avoda, and Gemilas Chasodim. So to prayer is a pillar of the world. So it's, it's not just a metaphor. If you've got a chair, a seat, 
the minimum amount of legs for a, for a chair to exist has to be three. So if one of the pillars is weak, the chair can fall. So you have to realize that prayer is a pillar. And if something's a pillar, it's critical. It's not just a good thing to do. We know, for example, a body. A body has different body parts. Now, it's important to have every body part, but unfortunately, if necessary, you can be forced to live with some body parts missing. You could live, it's not convenient, but you could live without it. But there's some body parts that the whole soul relies on. If you're missing it, you can't live. If you don't have a heart, there's no way you can live. If you don't have a brain, there's no way you can live. If you don't have lungs, there's no way you can live. So that's what we're saying. Therefore, our souls depend on prayer. And therefore, and it's so important whether it's in terms of our service to Hashem, it's a pillar, or whether we want to have success in our physical lives, whether spiritual or physical, this idea that he's going to bring across in the opening here is that everything passes through the service of prayer. And it's impossible to achieve our needs, physical or spiritual, without prayer. And the Gemara in Nida says the following, although he just brings it a little bit now, and later he'll bring much more of it. Mora asks, what should a person do and become smart? No, we have to want to have ideas. What do you do to be a smart person? Just trying to see where is the, uh, the where is it brought later um, in its fuller detail. Here he just brings a little bit. Uh, what does a person do to get wealthy? What does a person do to get children? And the Gemara says a number of things you can do. And then what if it happens and it doesn't work? Then you have to ask for mercy from Hashem, who's the source of wisdom, wealth, and children. So then the question is, if you, and then hopefully you'll get it. So now if more then says, well, if that's the case, then just pray. Just pray. It says, no, one without the other doesn't work. As we'll see. So therefore, you see that the most important things in life require prayer. Certainly at a time of distress, we have to grab on to the, to the craftsman's tools of our forefathers of prayer to cry out of every terrible situation that should be relieved. And our crying out saves us from many difficult situations. And without our prayers, we will see we would never have been able to survive as a people. And he quotes now Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato in his Sefer Derech Hashem explaining the concept of prayer is one of the orders that Hashem's supernal wisdom put into the world that the creations are able to receive the flow of energy from Hashem and he wanted to be aroused and if we arouse those energies and request it from Hashem that's our prayer. And according to our arousal, so will the flow return. And if we don't arouse it, it doesn't come. So what does this mean? So he explains there's two pathways that are fundamental to prayer into getting responses from Hashem. And the first one is the one that we typically understand. If a person needs something, okay, but perhaps his actions are not deserving 
to have what he wants. So through prayer, you can get it from Hashem. In other words, you're not deservant of something. You've been doing certain averos, and you don't deserve Hashem to make things good in your life. So now Hashem withholds the energy. You're undeserving. So now by praying and begging to Hashem, that will arouse his compassion. He will give us, even if we're not deserving. That's the one we mostly relate to because even people who don't generally come to shul, if things are going bad in their lives, they may make it a point to start talking to Hashem to help him out. But there's another one, and this is the one, now Baruch Hashem, uh, most people are not in uh, dire straits. And unfortunately, therefore, they don't feel the need to call out to Hashem. But the second aspect of prayer relates to each and every one of us. And the following is that prayer is the gateway to the storehouses of heaven. Meaning, even if a person is worthy and he's doing good things, and usually, Hashem naturally will give the person. He's the person who gives tzedakah. And Hashem says, I should give him parnasa. He's earned it. He deserves it. And Hashem says, I'm ready to give it. I want to give it. But it doesn't come until the person davens for it. Because prayer is the gateway that everything must pass through. And if the gates are closed, nothing happens. Which means to say, I make a simple muscle. You work for somebody, and it's the end of the month, and you deserve your check. So, the guy gives you a check. The boss gives you the check. But you still have to do one more thing to benefit from the check. You've got to cash it. If you keep the paper sitting here, okay, it's here, you got it. Okay, so so how come I'm not, I don't have any food. I can't pay the mortgage. Did you go to the bank? Why? I earned it. Yeah, but you gotta take the check and cash it in. As it said, as it is, only through the bank does all blessing come. That is the gate. No matter what, we don't think about it. It happens so automatically. Some of the money goes right into your account. Okay, and then you, you have a credit card that you pay off from that account. But you gotta realize, if the banks would, God forbid, completely close, the banks would be bankrupt. Life would be impossible. Couldn't live without a bank. We would say, living in this world, one of the pillars of survival is our economic system, and the banks are a very critical aspect of Bartering before that. It's what? Bartering. Bartering. But, but that's not well, anymore. Well, that's how the world existed before that. But not Every anymore. Year. Not anymore. If the banks, the international banking community yeah. would, would crumble, the world would be finished. We don't think of, you never think about that, do you? You just take it for granted. It's, not really. But nobody thought about it until 1929. Then all of a sudden they thought about it. Well, that, that, that's a good example. That's almost 100 years ago. It just crumbled. So that's the marshal to prayer. If prayer is what keeps God's international banking system operating, and although we have lots of money in the bank, 
We've, we've done a lot of mitzvahs and we deserve, we deserve that Hashem should give us these things. And Hashem's put it into our bank accounts. You're going to get it. But you still got to go to the machine and you got to withdraw. And the way we withdraw from that machine is through prayer. So it's not that you're, that you're asking. So there's one kind of prayer where it's not in the account. It's not, it's nothing in the account. There's something to draw out. So now, for example, we'll give the example again. So you go to the bank manager, said like a hundred dollars. You say, I'm sorry, you're overdrawn. Said, but please, please, I don't have any money to feed my kid. Okay, then maybe the bank manager will have Rahmanus and he'll give you a hundred dollars. You're begging him, you're begging him. And really, even the, the bank manager could take a hundred dollars out of the bank's money. It's, it's up to the manager, he could do what he wants. That's not following the rules, but I feel sorry for you and you're pleading with me. Okay, here's a hundred dollars. Or you can tell the bank manager, how come, how, come I, how come you're not sending me any money? He says, you didn't go to the bank. If you just come and you'd ask, we would give you. You deserve it's coming to you. And that second aspect is a critical one because that one applies all the time. You don't have to wait for bad times to come. But you should know, okay, I've done, I've done a lot of good mitzvahs today. Hey, Baruch Hashem, said Moda'ani, you washed your hands. Put on towels, filling. You're done. You're already putting stuff in the bank. Okay. So not so so what? So why am I davening? I'm davening so I can withdraw it from the bank. You deserve good health. You know why you deserve it? Because you do, do a lot of good things, and you deserve. And Hashem puts you down. Good health. But you don't ask. You don't withdraw it from the bank. And all of a sudden, how come I'm not feeling well? I don't understand. This is. You're davening. That's the pillar. That's the point. And where do we learn this idea from? So he brings three sources in the Torah that tells us this. The first one is the beginning of the creation of the world when Hashem discusses the third day of creation and the vegetation. And with Rashi's commentary, we understand when Hashem created vegetation, let's say the flowers, the grasses, they were all created, but they were in the root system. They were subterranean. And the Torah tells us why it is subterranean, because there was no person to work the field. So what does it have to grow for? And Rashi explains, what does it mean? It says, there was no human being to pray that the crop should grow. That's why there was a human being to work the field. Which is saying, that, and that's, that's the first hint about prayer. Where it says Hashem's prepared the world. It's ready. It's all ready. So what's left? Just ask for it. I'm giving you it. I created you. You're a human being. I created you. I have to have food for you. I can't put you in a world without giving you food. So so Adam knows. So he prays to Hashem. Hashem brings the rain and the stuff grows right away. So what do you see? Hashem never planned on withholding. Man never sinned and didn't come into the world a sinner. It didn't take him long to sin, but until he sinned, there were no sins. He was completely worthy. He's like a baby. God created him, and he's got natural needs to eat. So Hashem prepared it all. He said, I just want you to ask for it. That's example number one. That means, again, everything flows through the gateway of prayer. Same thing by Yitzchak. It says... Now remember, Hashem promised Avram 
that he and his children will be, his seed will be great. Hashem promised Avram. So what does that mean? That means Yitzchak, who's a son of Avram, must have children. If Hashem promised, it's like, it's not a question, it's going to be. So how come Rifka couldn't have any kids? The answer is, because you want to have kids? I promise it's coming. But you got to pray for it. You got to go to the bank and get it out. That's number two. And number three, Hashem promised Avram that the covenant between the parts will be slaves in Egypt and Hashem will take us out. But when did he take them out? Only when the Jews prayed out of their suffering, Hashem heard their prayers and then he sent Moshe Rabbeinu to them. So without prayer, we would not have been redeemed. So here we have three clear examples where it's not a question of being deserved or not. Hashem says you're getting it. So if he wants to get it, all you got to do is ask for it. If you're not going to ask for it, you don't go to the bank. It's not going to go through. And that's what Reb Chaim Vital says, an interesting idea. He says, in the earlier generations, the rabbis of the Gemara Torah was their main avoda in life. Their lives were Torah. And not so much they prayed, but not as much. But he says now, now this is Rabbi Chaim Vital in the 1500s. He says in the Ikvasid the Mashiach, the main avoda is prayer. Now what does he mean when he says that earlier the main avoda was Torah and now the main avoda is prayer? So Rabbi says it's obvious he doesn't mean to say that the things changed because we know Talmud Torah Kinegi Kulam. Learning Torah is the most important thing. And uh, nothing uh, uh, that uh, one thing in the Torah is worth more than all the mitzvahs and all the prayers in the world, like the Nefesh Haim writes in great detail. So he explains, it's like, for example, the muscle of Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so on Rosh Hashanah, certainly, um, if you, let's say, learn Daf Yomi, so learning Torah is the most important thing you can do in the day. And therefore, on Rosh Hashanah, what is more important as an inherent mitzvah? Learning Torah. But wait a minute, you're supposed to blow shofar too, but still Talmud Torah, Kinei Kula. People make a mistake, oh, it's Rosh Hashanah, I don't have to learn today. No, you got to learn every day. It's the most important mitzvah is learning Torah. A day without learning Torah, the world wouldn't exist. But, even though Torah is such a big, important staple, it's a foundation, but there's a unique obligation on Rosh Hashanah, and that unique obligation is to blow the shofar. And to say, I'm only going to learn Torah and not blow shofar, that's it. Well, you're missing the point, the, the, the uh, uniqueness of this day. Rosh Hashanah is a unique day for everything that it represents. But still, Torah is the most important day. But if on a day when, when a certain aspect of what Hashem wants is unique, you have to do that. It doesn't mean to say Torah is not the most important. Still on Rosh Hashanah, the most important thing is learning Torah. There's no mitzvah that compares to learning Torah. Okay, you have to do that. But at the end of the day, the purpose of learning Torah is also to do what Hashem wants. And on this day, Hashem wants you to say, you have to do this. So therefore, only because it's a unique day, so you have to blow a shofar. So uh, the same thing when we talk about prayer. That still Torah should be the main thing we do. 
even before the times of Mashiach. And anything else should be considered not primary. But the main thing is learning Torah. But there's a unique requirement before Mashiach, and that is prayer. And therefore, we have to make an effort to run after it and to give it spe special chashivus, special significance, because that's the unique point Hashem wants. Again, so to appreciate this idea, just like on Rosh Hashanah, of course you're going to learn Torah. But in the middle of, uh, uh, of January, blowing a shofar is not necessary. It doesn't do anything. But on Rosh Hashanah, there is a unique thing. And if you don't blow the shofar, you've missed the whole point of Rosh Hashanah. But, of course, that still means you're learning Torah. Because Torah is, in general, the most important mitzvah every day of your life. It's your oxygen. Torah is your oxygen. Without Torah, you're dead. Okay, but now that you're alive, now if you're still alive, now as you're alive, a great opportunity exists of blowing shofar for the living people that are learning Torah. You follow? So therefore, let's go now to the times before Mashiach. There's a unique mitzvah that's really critical, and that is tefillah. And just as we're so careful to blow shofar, and everybody makes sure that they hear the shofar, and the person who blows the shofar reviews the laws of blowing shofar. Make sure he blows the shofar in the nicest way possible. You don't cut corners. Everybody's got time to hear the shofar. So the same thing when we're coming to the times before Mashiach. And it could be very well that Hashem is now saying, I'm ready to bring the Mashiach. Because remember, the question is, how come Mashiach hasn't come till now? Many answers, but the most fundamental answer is Mashiach requires a certain amount of accumulative mitzvahs. Because Mashiach is here to perfect the world. So every generation's done mitzvahs, gone through unique struggles, and have succeeded in certain areas. And those successes get stored away till we get to the point where we've done enough that we deserve the redemption. Fine. But again, as we've been saying until now, okay, so it could be very well, we deserve the redemption. Could be right now, I don't know, I don't know the bank account. Shem says the account, you have enough money. Again, let's give another motion. You're, you're, the one thing you wanted in life was to build the most magnificent home in your life. Most lavish, 20,000 square feet. You know, like incredible, you wanna, no, we were walking to one of the uh, less known parts in Thornhill and we walked by this uh, little short cul-de-sac of about six houses. My wife was just saying, wouldn't it be so nice if we could buy a house for each of one of our kids when all live in that cul-de-sac? You know, that would be a nice thing. It ain't gonna happen, but uh, it'd be a nice thing. So let's say you've been saving your whole life for this beautiful cul-de-sac. You and all your kids and going amazing. Every year, he put away a million dollars, two million dollars, mamish. Now he's ready in his 60s. He's got like a hundred million dollars. It's not funny to buy six houses on a cul-de-sac and then some. Okay, so it's ready to go. And all the money is in the bank. And he says, okay, let's, let's build the cul-de-sac. Okay, so you're gonna withdraw the money from the bank. Why? Well, if you don't withdraw the money from the bank, we can't build the, these beautiful homes for you. So, Claudius Yisrael has been putting away in the bank of Hashem all these merits. 
And the ikvus of the Mashiach, by that time, the merits are there. There's enough merits to bring Mashiach. But have we prayed enough to open the gates? That's the point. And that's why before Mashiach comes, the Ikra Voda is prayer. Now, of course we still have to learn Torah. Of course we still have to do mitzvahs, because if we just decide to stop, then automatically we become unworthy. Who's Hashem going to give Mashiach? People don't learn Torah, people don't do mitzvahs. But, you know, we're up to the point, based on this, is that we have enough merits, we've, enough blood has spilled, enough blood, sweat, and tears and effort has been made by the Jews that we deserve Mashiach. But now what's lacking still is just like everything else, just like when the Jews left Egypt. Hashem promised you're going to go, but they weren't crying out for it. It's not just asking for it. It's saying, my life is not what it's meant to be. Hashem, your existence, the whole purpose, this is not it. Hashem, I need this special thing because this thing from you is what really fulfills the point of everything. And he says, if we had that type of prayer, the Mashiach would certainly have come. Okay? And that's, we come back to that original Gemara that we said, what should a person do and become smart? He says, spend more time learning Torah and less time in business, and you'll be smart in Torah. I, many people spent a lot of time learning Torah and less in business, and they still didn't become wise people. So what do you got to do? Well, you got to now ask mercy from Hashem for wisdom. So therefore, so if that's the case, so why do I have to learn so much? Just ask for it. The answer is one without the other doesn't help. You got to make a lot of effort to learn. You got to mommy spend hours and hours. You got to work hard and, and can't be focused on business. But you're doing all that, but if you still don't pray for it, you're not going to get it. And the same thing with wealth. Um, how do you become wealthy? Be honest in business. That's all. Honest in business. Obviously, people are honest in business and they're not wealthy. The answer is you have to pray. So if I pray, why do I have to be honest in business? Because without both, it doesn't work. You're honest in business. You deserve to have a pronounced. So why is it not coming? You're not praying. Don't have children. Okay, what do you do to get children? Okay, certain things do with children. I wish people do that and get children. You gotta do both. So look at the three greatest, the most, the three most important things in our lives. To be well-versed, to be a Talmud Chacham is very important. To be a person with enough Parnassah is very important. To have children, these are three important things. Okay, but there's still a holy way to achieve them in effort. But still, without the prayer, is like in Malachah, they have 39 prohibited activities, and the last one is Makabapatish, the final blow. So what's the Makabapatish? To get what you deserve is to pray. So now you begin to understand how important it is, prayer, to put a lot of effort into being a professional prayer, not player, prayer. You know, just like in sports, you got professionals, then you got minor league, then you got whatever, bush league, peewee league, all that go down, 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 down. But who really gets the money? The real, the real deal is the professionals, okay? So now, because they know what to do. So now we're talking about prayer. Prayer is, you have to be a professional prayer. And that requires a lot of 
effort and you could do so many things to deserve so many things but if you're missing that professional prayer aspect that's why you're not getting things and this is not just physical it's spiritual psychological emotional that we're, we it's it's now of course if you don't do anything good that's a major problem remember we said there's two types of prayer the one where you're not deserving you ain't got money in the bank then you're praying, uh, and we'll discuss this in greater detail as the book goes on. Then you're praying to get something you don't deserve. It's one kind of prayer. But many of us are deservant. So the question how come we're still not getting it? The answer is you're not praying. What do you mean? I'm praying all the time. Are you really praying? This is going to be what is called prayer. That's the point. But that's the first aspect, which is therefore critical. This is the first big Kiddush. Prayer is not you only do it when you need it. Prayer is is the gateway. Without it, it's, it's like just as, as foolish as a person says, I don't understand, I'm working and I have no money. And we say, why didn't you go to the bank and withdraw the cash? That's Why didn't you deposit the check? Well, but I did the work. The main thing was the work. Yes, obviously the main thing was the work. You don't work, there's no check. But are you so foolish not to cash the check in? So you're doing your avoda, and that's great. And Hashem says, here's the, the check. It's in the bank. I already made a direct deposit. All you got to do is go to the computer and access it. So now, how do you, I don't want to, I don't have time. I don't know how to work on computers. I'm not good with computers. <laughs> well, listen, buddy, nowadays, if you don't have a computer, you can't get to your money. You're going to have to learn to be good with a computer. Oh, it's so hard, you know, because all these things pop up and this and that. It's like, you better spend time at least understanding rudimental concepts of a computer. Click and say all these things. So therefore the same thing, Hashem, it's ready, it's in the bank, and you can get up, just access, how do it by praying? Praying. But what happens if you don't know anything about a computer, and what do you do? You press delete. You press remove. You deleted your whole bank account. And what's worse, somebody hacked into your account and asked for uh, some, some information, and you gave it to them. And they just took all the money out of your bank account. So that's the Yitzhahara's job. He's number one to freeze your account. Now, if you put the wrong, if you put the wrong uh, password in three times, your account's frozen for longer. Even if it's not your fault, right? Or they, whatever, you had it on automatic. Remember, it always comes, and then one day the automatic password doesn't come. Remember when that happens? And you don't remember from seven years ago what was your password and those questions, those security questions, you don't remember them either. Now, good luck. If you can't get on the phone and explain your way out, it's frozen, it's locked. Why is Hashem doing all these things in the, the times before Mashiach? To realize that's exactly the thing with prayer. You have to know how to pray. And what can happen is you can freeze your account. You, you try, there's a lot of passwords in prayer. One of the passwords is saying Hashem's name with Kavona. You don't say Hashem's name with Kavona. Look, the account's frozen. So you can spend all day long. You can spend an hour working on that computer, but if the password's locked, you're not getting through. So now there's things in prayer that, that are meant, this is how you open up. You got the password, you got the key, you get this all, and now it just comes right through. But you better have some skills. And that's the issue. How many people really can say, I have skills? As it's going to get to next week. Do you have to have skills to learn Gemara? Sure. 
And if you don't learn the skills, you can try to learn Same thing with prayer, it needs that skill. So this is definitely something to work on, that we should be able to have a real solid foundation that we're able, you see, Torah is important. Chesed is important. But to access the return on that, it has to have the right kind of prayer. Okay. Shkoyach, everybody.